the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race with orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became meta-humanity. As technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world, global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called Shadowrunners. The year is 2101. Welcome to Fun City. Previously on Fun City, the team is hired to blackmail the NYPD police union negotiator Vern Solix, hoping to stop a strike he's architecting. But Vern explains that things are more complicated than they know. He says the Vladivostok-based biotechnology megacorporation Evo, the largest AAA megacorp in New York City, is experimenting on police. He says a strike is the only way to stop them. In a meeting at the swanky police union headquarters, the team is plied with beverage and Vern offers to hire them and spill the beans on all he knows about Evo's plot, which he admits isn't much. This on two conditions. First, they cancel their contract with Mo Ashina, who's given the team an extra day to finish, but who has also made clear her waning confidence in their intentions. And second, they must do one small job, head to Morgantown and convince a lawyer, Odina Lulach, to stop messing with the NYPD strike plans. In return, Vern will also guarantee incriminating security footage of melted detection mage Cairn Holbrook will cause no further grief. We'll join the team momentarily as they approach Morgantown, but first, a bit of background on their destination. Morgantown is a massive, floating, and ever-growing rhizomatic city on the former site of Bushwick, Brooklyn. It's over a thousand acres in area and constantly growing to accommodate new owners, renters, residences, and businesses. Against the black green waters of the Brooklyn archipelago, Morgantown is clearly visible from space. It's made up of many different floating and fixed structures housing everything from cramped single-bed units to spacious, glass-lined penthouses. Buildings are between 1 and 20 stories, with hundreds of different entrances on both the interior and exterior of the flotilla. It is a town in loose terms, but also technically a corporation, though nothing like the AAA megacorps you would find in Manhattan. Morgantown is a resident-owned collective with a complex bureaucracy aimed at maintaining self-sufficiency. Pursuant to the Shiawase decision of 2001, as a corporation, Morgantown may remain sovereign as long as it produces a certain amount of consumer goods, in this case, food and health care for its residents. It has its own laws, police force, and tax code. It has its own rotating corporate board, a public operating budget, and it is well known for a number of celebrity residents, past and present. It is, in many ways, 
the crown jewel of the Brooklyn archipelago. Near the Mrs. Egg, the team boards the skimmer, which Gabe has outfit with its own navigation system tuned to the charts of New York City's waterways, and they head out to the archipelago and to Morgantown. The skimmer um, approaches Morgantown and sort of, you know, dips into an inlet between two of these very large buildings that make up the flotilla, that make up the town. And uh, the skimmer just takes you deep into this maze of buildings. You can see the sun beaming through various crisscrossed gaps between um, all of the structures. The skimmer sort of dips in and out of all of these pools of light. The pathways are variously narrow and wide, and every once in a while you take a turn, you come into these huge, almost town square-like spaces that um, are big open waterways with lots of traffic. You can see people working on their balconies, you can see all of these little terraces. From the outside, Morgantown looks really bleak. Um, It's traced over with a lot of undecorated ladders and fire escapes. It's got a lot of surveillance equipment on its outside. It's um, festooned with all of these spotlights and guards' quarters, but the interior is very different. Much of the surface of every building is draped with greenery with all of these public platforms at stepped heights throughout. You pass through um, low-lying, genetically engineered rice paddies. You think you see some corn up in a high, far corner. You can see a small group of residents wearing high-vis Morgantown Department of Public Works vests, and they're working on this, um, they're working on a floating platform in one of those large open waterway areas. They're trimming some really large, brightly lit trees that are growing out of a giant planter that's in the center of the open waterway. You also see, as you're driving around, um, a couple Morgantown Police Department boats. And what you notice is that much like most of the NYPD, they are also unarmed. Um, But you also notice that it appears as though there is equal distribution here amongst the metahuman races uh, and that you see a lot of orcs, you see some dwarves. Um, You don't see any trolls, but also the boats are small. So who knows what that's about? It's hard to make things for trolls. They're quite large, Um, but it's not just humans. Um, And, you know, in your experience in New York City, you would know that most police officers that you interact with are humans. The skimmer takes you left down one pathway, takes you right down another pathway, sort of circles further and further, gets deep into this maze of buildings, and it slows down in front of a very short water-level pier and about half a dozen dinghies with small electric water jet motors are lined up outside. The the skimmer settles autonomously in a little space marked Lulach and Partners Client Parking. The pier leads only and directly to a single opaque glass door that is decorated with a honeycomb pattern. And in one of the lower hexagons, you can see, amongst some other names, Odina Lulach, Esquire. It's also been long enough. It, has, it was quite a journey getting to the, um, the boat and then getting to Morgantown that, Viv, I think your buzz has probably worn off. You want to say you took a nap on the way there? Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, Viv had been laying on one of the couches on the skimmer, <laughs> uh, just face up and taking in the sun and letting the water splash her in the face and sobered up over that time. The rest of us were crowded on the other couch, but we were happy to let you. She needs her space. TK was standing up like he was trying to surf. He was just like, yeah. All right, what's the plan here? 
I what? say we just go in. We're going to just go and say, hey, we're Shadowrunners hired to get you to make a decision? I wouldn't lead with that. Uh, have you oh, guys okay. uh, found anything about her? Oh, I'll do a quick matrix search for that. Yeah. I won't even, yeah. Um, you. Yeah, I know you're not going to make me roll. Yeah, I'm not going to make you roll. <laughs> yeah, what do you want to know? Is there anything specific? Uh, do you just want to know what her deal is? I want to know what her deal is. I also want to know, like, any, like, weird, like, what her connections are, like, to, like, um, to, like, does she have any connections to societies in the same way that, like, Vern is connected with the PBA? Like, is she, does she represent any, any sort of. You find, I mean, it's very easy to find her website. She has a, a public presence. Um, it's easy to find some of the cases that she's been involved in because it's all public information. And she takes on a, a lot of cases that um, are individuals arguing against corporations. And you can see that she does a lot of work with people trying to hold large companies and large, powerful forces to account. Does she have any history of suing the PBA? So one of the other things that you would figure out pretty quickly looking at the history of the cases that she's been involved in, and it's actually plastered in, uh, it's plastered very clearly on her website, is that she's been doing this for quite a while. And so you can look and you can see that she's had cases with and against the NY NYPD Incorporated long into the past, uh, you know, like a couple decades. You don't see anything recently related to the PBA, if that's what you're looking for. Um, but like, yeah, she, she has been involved in legal disputes with NYPD Incorporated in the past. Uh, I guess I just relayed the relevant information to, to our teammates. What about personal information, where she lives, contacts, who she knows, family? I check out if she has a SoundCloud. She's not She's not uploading um, sick tune? beats onto the Matrix. Onto right. Tune Bumper? Yeah, as far as you can tell, she, yeah, she does not, she is not a hip-hop producer. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess I look for the other stuff that um, Lux <laughs> was talking about, about like, you know, uh, like what's her, where does she live? What's like, what's the publicly information, like what's available about her relationships to other people. That I'm going to make your roll for. Okay. I got dice. Uh, three hits. Most of the stuff that you find is pretty publicly available because, again, she's she's not a private person. She does work in public. She has lived, she works, and has lived in Morgantown for a number of decades. It seems like she's been here for a while. Um, it seems like the her law practice has been here for a while and it's been in operation for probably about maybe 30 years. She's been on the Morgantown board a couple times um, because they do elections pretty frequently and they change around um, the different responsibilities. The board shrinks and the board grows. They try different committees. So she's been on a bunch of committees. You can find out that she is a member of the Lenape tribe um, and she seems to have done a lot of work. Like, we, like I said, she seems to have done a lot of work with individuals um, who are otherwise just tr trying to trying to hold powerful forces to account. Exactly how we expect, but I think I think we should just go meet her. Should we do any kind of uh, ploy when we meet her? I mean, we're just walking into her office. She's not going to want it. She's probably going to be a busy woman. Certainly yes. won't be using my real name. I mean, we could pretend like we need some legal advice. Because we always need legal advice. You guys don't um, say your names at all. Please, don't show her your fingerprints. I, I plan to just stand in the corner menacingly. So the problem with trying to con someone blind like this is we don't know what she wants. And if we take a guess at what she would want or what would intimidate her, we're wrong, then we're stuck. So we might want to have a genuine conversation with this lady and find out what she actually wants. Okay, you take the lead. Sounds good to me. Yeah, you got it, Lux. You're good at talking. You can do this. 
So you guys want to go in and say that we are looking for legal advice on what? Maybe someone conned you out of all of your money and belongings and you did follow through with it and gave it to them. But now you're thinking, well, maybe Mm -hmm. our handshake wasn't necessarily a binding contract. Right. I don't know, this is just spitballing here. Okay, so was the, the idea- person Was the person a corporation, maybe? Could we spin it that way? The corporation took all your money? Oh, it's very much a, a So the idea is boy. to put a case in front of her that's so attractive that she's <laughs> she, uh, she abandons her life work for whatever type of justice she's pursuing and tries to help Lash get her things back from a teenager slash corporation. I believe... In your skill to try to figure out what she needs. I don't know if we need this plan, but if you think it'll help us get in the door, sure. We can have it in the back pocket. All right, let's go talk to her. Let's go. Door noise. Okay. Taylor, do you want to provide a door noise? I, <laughs> <laughs> I just like hearing you say door noise. Door noise. So when you swing the door open, you are hit by a blast of warm, humid air and the sound of many electronics whirring. And you see what was once a very large, uh, like, white-walled room. In it, there are a number of people standing around a long table that's piled really high with paper and e-paper, books, tablets, comlinks, cyberdecks, handheld recording devices, all kinds of stuff. The table is just ringed with... You know, you can see an orc, you can see a couple elves, a couple humans. Um, The walls of the office are lined with boxes that are labeled with various names and numbers. Um, It all seems very organized, but it's all kind of like teetering on the edge of being too much. Like everything looks like it's all just about ready to fall over. Um, And in the back corner, you see, uh, after you've been in there for maybe two seconds, the source of the hot air and the whirring is that there is a very large server rack that occupies a space that is roughly the size of the skimmer. Uh, So there's like a big chunk of servers that are all kind of like blinking. There's like a nice little blue light. TK starts salivating a little bit. <laughs> it is, it's like, it's not state of the art, but there's a lot of it. That's even better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like sort of vintage, you're like, ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. um, and you can see um, uh, cl- sort of not closest to you, but, you know, within uh, within a few feet of the entrance, standing at the table is uh, a smallish woman that TK, you would probably recognize from having seen her photos looking around the Matrix. Um, she's about 5'2". She's facing away from you, but you can tell that her complexion is dark and she has um, medium length uh, hair that you can tell was like once dark black, but now is kind of salt and pepper. It's uh, some liberal gray strands sprinkled throughout. And as soon as she hears the door open, she um, she turns around very carefully. Uh, and you can see that in her arms, she has piles of uh, folders and um, e-paper tablets. And she's got like, you know, a comm link draped over her shoulder. And uh, she's wearing like a long blue-gray cardigan. And uh, she sees you and she says, Oh, sorry, my caseload is very full. And she looks you up and down. And she says, I do not practice criminal defense any longer. If you would like a referral, I will gladly send you to my colleague Desmond. He is a very skilled attorney. And she looks directly at Viv and makes a little quizzical like sort of look. And she says, and he does know a thing or two about the awakened. 
he will treat you, no doubt, very well. Um, if you have been wronged, you do deserve good counsel. Well, that's uh, really nice of you to say, and, and trust me, we've gotten it before, but <laughs> we actually don't need any uh, criminal defense whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> then um, which of my employees are you here to threaten? Oh, we're not here to threaten anyone. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just looking for uh, Odina. Uh, yes, you are speaking to her. Oh, oh, that's so great. Oh, yes. I, I was wondering if you had a few minutes to, to speak. I don't. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So I was sent here. Um, uh, my name is uh, Tom uh, York, and I... Um, uh, I represent um, a consortium of people, um, many of which work for major corporations, who um, stand to make a lot of money if the police union strike went through. Um, apparently, there's a clause that they would have to renegotiate all contracts, and there are many megacorps who'd like to sweep in, um, make money. Uh, before I took up the task, um, I had several people actually tell me to speak with you first. I, I was told there may be some ethical implications here, and I may not actually want to be supporting the strike. And I was told to talk to you to see if that was the case. I was told you oppose it, and I'd like to hear from the source why you do. Roll your con. Okay. What is the opposed for this? The oppose on con is... It's charisma you, plus negotiation? Is that what it is? If you have uh, con or negotiation, you could use that plus intuition. And I'm rolling Wait, 14. So, so what you said was that, that you're <laughs> representing some people who would make money if they did strike? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm saying yes, that yes. the other corporations, like the non-EVOs so that currently... So I want them to strike. And I was she's, told a, by, she's against the she's strike. She's against the strike. Right, right. So it I was like told her... by people, you might not want to oppose the strike. There may be some ethical implications there. You might want to go talk to Odin about that. So uh, just right, so, yeah, so we're right. all clear on our team. I'm not telling her anything that is trying to trick her or anything. Yep. I, am just, I am just trying to make sure she is as open as possible about telling us why yeah. the strike is wrong as possible. That's I think all her, this con is about. I think her perception is like very high. But but is his con stronger? But uh, he's got two. I think hits. I might use an edge because <laughs> I only got two. She's been practicing law for thirty-five years. Yeah, it might not be worth it to use an edge. All right, I'll take two. It's fine. No, do it. No, do it. No, because how much edge, how much edge do you have? Is the only thing the only thing that you need to do to get more edge is basically to you know. Play the game. Pun, yeah, pun pun or um you know play <laughs> play <laughs> play Lux to his maximum. <laughs> Yeah, so, I, it's so beneath them. Yeah, the whenever, pun edge is whenever, so beneath this whenever cast. Ta whenever Taylor groans is how I know we've done a good job. <laughs> I'll take two. Are you sure, Nick? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, she actually didn't do that well. Get her, drag her. Drag her, King. Look at this. Look at this. She glitched. No. No. But she did not. She did not do well. These dice are These rigged. Dice. Ty goes to the Shadowrunner. Um... Oh, no way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell me just in game terms sort of what, what you, you want her to be. You want her to be willing. In, ga in game terms, we know nothing. We, we asked Vern why, what, what was her deal. Why was she trying to stop it? We know nothing about it. If I go up to her and I say, I'm working for Vern to stop you, you're not going to be very open to telling me anything about what you're doing. What I want to do is set, set up the fact, what I've tried to do here is set up the fact that I'm potentially on your side uh, uh, or potentially against it. I don't know. I, I there's, there's a possible vested interest for me and my cohorts here. We want to know if there's ethical implications to uh, supporting the strike. Mm -hmm. You seem against it. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm just trying to get it, and I'm trying to start from a neutral point to learn what you what you are. Because again, like I said, I cold con to actually try to get you to change your thing. I don't think works. Or I could try to do it, but I didn't. I see what you're yeah, saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so what I will say yeah. is this: in in to in game terms, the strike is not public, and there is no public information about her okay. thoughts on it. As far as you know, the number of people who are who know about the strike is maybe twice the number of people who know about it in the room you're currently in. Right. Okay. Um, so accordingly, um, as soon as you mention the PBA and the policeman strike, she gives you she gives you a very strange look and she squints a little bit and she asks, how do you know about the policeman strike? Who did you say sent you a consortium of corporations interested in? Um, I'm sorry. Who are you? I, I, um, I cannot talk about all the corporations that I potentially could work with because, again, like I said, I we we have not begun working uh, with them. We uh, are potentially going to make the strike public, um, the possibility of a strike public to drum up public support because it seems like it may or may not happen at this point. Before that happens, before I get involved and my associates here get involved, I have been told on good authority that I might not want to even be dealing with this at all. This might be a complete clusterfuck that I don't even want to mess with. I've been told to speak with you and find out why you're against it. That's all I've been told. If you've got nothing to share with me, you've got nothing to share with me. But I am telling you as honest as I can that I just want to know why you oppose the strike. Nick, do you remember off the top of your head what the role for judge intentions is? Yes. Charisma plus uh, intuition. Really? Um, well, I also would want to know exactly what you were in judging because the last sentence I said is true. So yeah, are I all think the that's D- what she's trying to figure out. Ah, she, is, she is. Um, so yeah. I will make this, I'll make this very clear. Yeah. As you're describing this to her, mm-hmm. the way that she is looking at you um, you, as an expert in reading people, can tell that she is not inclined to believe any words that's coming out of your mouth. She is she is very suspicious of you. Yeah. Um, I think that you can chalk this up to don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. Um, she has spent her life talking to people and convincing them of things. And she can tell someone who's very good at it. And I think her professional acumen has led her to be immediately suspicious of someone who is a good talker. So that is that is why she's trying to judge your intentions, because the fact that you are good at this is something that tips her off to there's a reason you're good at this. Right. And I wonder what that is. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, so I'm not metagaming you. I'm just going to roll. I'm just going to roll one specific thing. One, two, three, four, five, six. Listen, I think it's very simple. They have a contract problem. The people who are trying to foment a strike in the Policemen's Benevolence Association, it's like when all you have is a hammer, all your problems look like nails. If they think that Evo is doing something wrong and they think that there are people who are in danger, they need to renegotiate their their contract. They don't need to abuse the power of a union. And what's more, who knows what will happen to this city if the police go on strike? Historically, crime has gone down when the police have gone on strike. Well, but I would really rather not find out what happens when the whole of the NYPD police force doesn't have something to focus their attention every day. Truthfully, the thing I'm worried the most about 
is the corporations. What do they do when their main security provider isn't around to enforce their laws, to protect their sovereign land? Does Ares become the de facto law force of the entire city when every corporation takes out a contract with knight-errant security? And if so, I, I mean, I can't imagine that is an amount of power that anybody would give up so easily. Or does every corporation simply roll in their own private army and navy? We've done a lot in this city, and I have done a lot in my career to create a federation of corporate-sponsored neighborhoods that are willing to work together. And it has not always been that way. And as much as it is important to hold the NYPD to account, I can't help but wonder what would happen in the power vacuum that is created were they to go on strike. It sounds like, you know... Who did you say sent you? I am not at liberty to say at the moment... I understand that makes it hard for you to answer questions, but I have one more. If you can answer it, you can. If you can't, you can't. I understand that. It sounds like you know about Evo and what they may be doing. Do you understand that this strike is a way to immediately sever that contract? Immediately. Not years of litigation, not decades of this back and forth. Not you, you could keep fucking with people's minds for the next six months or year or two years, and God knows who's going to pay for the repercussions of that. Immediately. Done. Evo. Out. She turns around and looks at her employees, um, who some of whom have stopped doing their work and who are listening to the sermon that you're giving, basically. <laughs> um, and she walks back to the table uh, from the middle of the room where she's standing in front of the door and she puts down her large pile of like heavy electronics and e-paper and you know tablets that she's holding and she puts it down and she kind of, you can tell she's gathering herself and she says why don't you join me in my office and she walks uh, t to your left and uh, starts walking through a door and uh, as she uh, walks through it, she stops and she removes the comlink that you saw on her shoulder uh, that, you know, some of the wires are kind of dangling around. Part of it is attached over the side of her ear and she places it in a small golden bowl that's atop a, a, like a cubby box that's to the right of her door. And she says, if you could please leave your electronics outside, it will ensure that we'll be able to have a private conversation. And she goes into the office. Viv takes a moment to untangle the seashell and kelp from underneath her caftan, and it, it kind of clatters on the floor while she's trying to grab the other parts. Uh, but she does contribute to the bowl. Uh, Lash puts her uh, extremely broken, not-in-use comlink that does not function in the bowl because she does not need comlink, but she wears one because she doesn't want to be looked at. Uh, it takes TK a second to decide what he's going to do because he's like, do I, I, don't, I don't know if I should... You can roll to see if you trust her. You could ask your teammates. I mean, yeah, I think he's he. I think he's in, in, um he saw how she's you know saw right through Lux's spiel and like you know kind of cut through to. It. I think he's inclined to trust her, but he's also like, I don't know. He I don't know how long he's ever been without his deck. <laughs> she pokes her head out of the door and gestures at your arm and is like, obviously some of it is okay <laughs> to come in. He like. He's like, I think he just puts it in his arm, like his comlink. I mean, his, his deck is still in his arm, but I guess he like takes off his comlink and puts it in. Okay. You know? So it's, I, I don't know what that, those are two separate items. I don't know what that Yeah, those like. are two separate items. Yeah. Okay. So he leaves his comlink there. Lux puts his comlink um, in the bowl. 
So you walk in through the door and um, it's a very small uh, room with a tiny desk um, that is mostly filled with actual pieces of paper, uh, like printed, you know, wood pulp paper. And um, this room is much more austere than the room that you just came from. There's not much in it at all. Um, You can tell that this is maybe kind of like the thinking zone, like this is the escape from the hectic situation that's happening out in the main room with all of her employees and the server and the huge piles of paper. And um, there uh, there aren't enough chairs for all of you, but there's, you know, some windowsill that you can perch on. Uh, There's a single window in the room Um, and she sits behind her small wooden desk, doesn't have any drawers in it. It's just a a very sort of simple plank of wood with some metal legs on it. And she kind of just sits expectantly um, and looks looks at you all and waits for you to say the next thing that you have to say. Fox looks around at the surroundings and kind of ponders out loud, you're you're not doing any of this for the money, are you? Uh, no. If I were doing things for the money, I would be a corporate lawyer and not not a corporate lawyer. I don't know if I've ever met a non-corporate lawyer. There are not many of us. Viv is like <laughs> scratching her head and she leans against the door frame, crossing her arms like, oh. <laughs> well, well, you could be making millions. Why do you do this? You, in the making of millions, you lose many other things. <laughs> TK is TK is immediately reminded of the affirmations from Jazz. <laughs> Top of Fla- are you flashing back to mountaintop gates? Yes. <laughs> mountaintop gates incorporated. The only Zen at the top of the mountain is the Zen you bring with you. You bring with you. TK, TK is <laughs> smiling to himself. He doesn't. He doesn't mention this to anybody. Uh, it is. Um, uh, um, I really want her to have a witty aphorism ready, but unfortunately, um, I, I am playing someone who is far above my weight class in in both wisdom and poise. So forgive me. Take it till you make it. Yeah. Just pretend to have poise. Um, so much of the world is so far gone already, and um, what stands between us now and even further social collapse is a very fine line. And I am just one person, but I try to do the best that I can, and I find that it helps me sleep at night if I don't work for the people who can provide the millions. And you do or do not work for the people who have money. You'll have to forgive me. It is is not that I'm not interested in what you have to say. It's that I haven't heard from any of your colleagues. And so I would would like to know... um, are are you his bodyguards? Flash Goodbog, nice to meet you. <laughs> Immediately show my fingerprints, which are now replaced with mini muffins. Like literal mini muffins? Literal mini muffins. How, how dumb is Lash? <laughs> I, I understand that maybe some like futuristic printing of fingerprints might make, <laughs> might give them some kind of appearance that could theoretically be described as muffinesque. But to take a muffin top off and put it on your fingers is like <laughs> drank mercury and ate lead, lead chips for 20 years yeah, as a kid, okay. stupid. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but she does say, Lash, good bug. Nice to meet you. Because Lash immediately trusts everybody. <laughs> not everybody, but she gets a good feel. She also does not care about money. 
Uh, she does things because, you know, it feels right. So she immediately went when she walked in there and she saw it, there was paper everywhere and, and and just like immediately also knew that she wasn't doing it for the money. She was like, you know what? I she kind of jumped in front of Lex. was like, hi, I'm Lash. Um, she she very quickly and easily puts out her hand and shakes. Do, wait, so so no, there's this, not, there's not really muffins. There's, there's not really muffins there. That was more of just like a there inside can little. Be. Yeah, no, no. She just she just has normal hands. Hold on, I'm gonna roll her strength. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the handshakes. Yeah, it's um, she's an old lady. Mm. You get when you go in for the handshake, um, and you kind of get you get a, a a closer look at her face, mm. and you actually like touch her hand yeah she's she's getting on you can see she's got you know her her face is pretty well wrinkled um you also do notice actually um since you're the first person who like got really close to her yeah um her left iris sort of like twists and focuses and flashes Mm -hmm. in a way that only slightly older um cybernetic technology does Mm. and you actually do notice a very well healed but um like very old scar that goes from uh, the edge of her left eye mm-hmm. to back behind her ear. Okay. I think TK walks up and says, TK, and then holds out his fist for a fist bump. Uh, she bumps your fist. Uh, haven't done one of those in quite a while. <laughs> TK just nods. Hello, I've been hired as nonviolent protection, which I think is completely unnecessary for today. Okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that I'm, I like the word nonviolent. And what did you say your name was? I'm sorry, I, I'm not sure that I caught it. My name is Lux. I wasn't being completely honest with you about my name, um, nor about who I was working for, okay? <laughs> I do have um, an interest I'm working for that are interested in the strike that well, I was being honest with you there. Um, we don't know anything about it. And so I am literally here to talk to you about why you oppose it. Because you bring up a good point about um, supporting the corporations. But I have to be honest with you, you supporting not striking is also supporting all of those corporations in power right now and using funds from the police to fund things like Evo is doing, which also I don't know. Let's go one at a time. Yes. So who did send you here or are you here of your own volition? I would honestly say I'm here of my own own volition. Con me. Unless you don't think that's a con roll. I don't think it is because I mean, I'm yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. In the I, midst I, of your just doing other things. <laughs> like straight up charm? Diplomacy? Yeah, I actually think maybe yeah. Char- yeah, charm. charm. Yeah, charm. Yeah, charm. Straight up charm. Just straight up charisma? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Charisma. Oh, yeah. Charisma. It's fine. Wrong game. <laughs> no one calls it charm. Charm's a spell. Uh, <laughs> I got, We're having fun. I got two hits. Okay. But you are, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been doing this for quite a while. You are shadow runners, are you not? We're private contractors. So, yes. Yes. And this is, this is not on, you are not, as they say, on a run at the moment, or you are. We're not on a run at the moment. Exactly. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> but if you add it exactly, do you have to make a deception check? <laughs> um... Anything could be a run if you think about yeah, it. Um, <laughs> we're here to try to encourage you to help the strike along. But I am genuinely here to find out why you oppose it. I, I do not know. I'm not. That is that is 100 percent my intention here. Um, I had one rule for these guys, which is to not use their real names and 
They broke that immediately. I don't know how long the con could have lasted. Uh, so I am here openly telling you, I do genuinely know, want to know why you want to stop the strike. Got it. TK, um, TK does point out that he did not use his real name. So it's them, not me. Thank you. That you have to blame. Viv did not say her name. <laughs> Flash said her full first name last name. <laughs> Last good, uh, good to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You see, you see her face go from quizzical and sort of nonplussed to a kind of reserved understanding. She's like, "Okay, I think I, I think I see what's going on here." Is the is the look that you get from her? And she says, "It's actually not t- too different from what I just said. Th- the strike is the misuse of power by a force that is already misused." The police union is a very powerful entity that has lots of control in the city. They are amongst some of the most powerful people in New York. And if they wanted to take on Evo, if they wanted to take on as technology, if they wanted to give Seder Krupp a run for their money, they partnered with those companies decades ago in order to rebuild the city. For them to claim that the only way for them to solve a problem that they have is to go on strike and to create God knows how many other problems is either stupidity or cowardice. And I happen to know some of the people who run the PBA, and I know that they are not stupid. So I think that they are being cowardly. And if they want to solve this problem, which surely goes far, far beyond the police officers and the police benevolence association, then they should do what they are charged with doing, and they should protect this city. They should use their power to protect the city, not to run away from protecting it. And that is why I am against them putting together this cockamamie strike. They're going to solve a problem by creating more problems. And it's just in my line, you know, as they say, you hate to see it. (laughs) Listen, this is what this is what I'm seeing. Lux is coming out (laughs) big on this one. I'm seeing that we're both on the I think we're all on the same team here. We. We what? What? Lash says that. What is the vibe in the room in that beat of silence? (laughs) Biff is just undecided. She just has no idea because at this point, like, where is she gonna get her next paycheck? I mean, TK is just like projecting a "don't look at me" vibe. He's just like, no. As I read the room, I'm looking to my left. I'm looking to my right. What I'm seeing is we're all on the same side here. We just all maybe are confused on the way to get here. Get there. We are looking to get to the bottom of what's going on with Evo. And uh, we found that this is the way to do it. And you also want to get to the bottom of what's going on at Evo. So I would like to hear what you, how you propose that this would happen without the strike. I'd also like to propose something. A toast? <laughs> we, can't, we can't. I'm sorry. I'm currently at work. <laughs> oh, okay. Can't drink anymore today, okay? Yes, agreed. Viv, how are you feeling, Viv? I'm feeling confused. Okay. <laughs> you look a little blue, but maybe that's just how you normally look. It is. <laughs> Our employer has promised me inside access to exactly what's going on with Evo. We need to stop you, encourage you to stop trying to stop the strike in order for us to take that next step. What I propose is that we work on the inside with you to get everything 
you would need from Evo, from their servers, from their com- from their company. If we all got to infiltrate there, hack them, impersonate them, find we are shadow runners and we're actually good at it despite everything we're doing here right now. <laughs> and I get the feeling that you don't have a lot of resource like that. And to put together a case against Evo, you're going to need it. I'm proposing we work together. And the only way forward I can see is for you to lay off the PBA. Wow. She's a very clever lady who's <laughs> who's somewhat confused by this situation. Yeah, she didn't get much sleep last night. Yeah, I think she, yeah, she's been working in the office in that human room <laughs> yeah. with that giant computer system running. Are uh, these the nicest shadow runners she's ever met? I think so. I think, yeah, I think she's like really does not know how to read this situation yeah. and is having a very hard time knowing what anybody's intentions are and like how this has possibly come to pass. She, she doesn't look She's not upset by it. She's not upset by the offer. She is a little confused. And she says, this is this is a lot to take in. And uh, I will, would perhaps need a moment to think about it. But one thing that is clear and I would like to be clear about right off the bat is that I am not in a position to hire anybody on several fronts. The first being, as you may have noticed, we are not well resourced at my company most of the people you saw in the front room are volunteers. Um, they are community college students from Morgantown. They are people who come in from other parts of the city who are trying to get their family members off death row. They are people who want, um, they think that their friends are wrongfully imprisoned and they're trying to work on cases to get them freed. Um, I can't pay you anything. And the second is that as a as a legal representative, I can't be employing criminals. I know that we live in times where you would think that people would do what it takes, but I I just, I cannot shepherd a group of criminals through criminal activities. If you have an interest in helping, and I would guess that you are here because you thought you were helping, and it is maybe even the case that whoever it is that sent you also thinks that they are helping... I will do whatever I can to assist. I do not know that we can work together in the sense of I cannot build a case from what you bring me. But if I can be a resource to you and you think that we are in agreement in what the right course of action is, then yes, I, I will take that assistance. I can't use any information that is gained through illegal means, but... There are perhaps different areas in this challenge that both of us can cover. As long as, as far as I know, your involvement remains nonviolent, and she looks at Viv. Viv bows with a flourish. (laughs) Then I think that, yes, it is possible that we could work together. I mean, I had not before this moment considered, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I was kind of just fucking with the PBA um, Mm. because I don't like them and I am in a position to cause them trouble. And sometimes that is my job. It is it is to slow the role of people who um, would do harm to the citizenry of the city. Um, But if you come from a, a place of knowledge and you think that there is something that we can do and we can hold Evo to account, then yes, I am. I'm listening. What we've done before in terms of working together is, have you ever heard of a tree trunk in the forest? Sometimes when people want things. She leans forward. 
Sometimes when people want things, they write them down on pieces of paper and they put them in a tree trunk in the forest. They're not working with anybody who's in the forest at all. But the things that they write on those pieces of paper do come true. So TK has a special spot that we call the tree trunk that he could give you access to. This is completely untraceable. He's very good at doing things like that. Anything you want, put it in the tree trunk. We might not do anything with it. It might be completely law-abiding organizations that do. You don't know. Sometimes we put recipes for pancakes recipes in there. Recipes for pancakes. Great. Yes, Lash. Thank you. You could find things Secret in the tree trunk. Secret recipes. <laughs> really good ones. There is a Lash folder in the tree trunk. <laughs> yes. Does that sound like something that could work for you? <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar with the argot of the tree trunk, but yes, I have heard of a dead drop before. Okay. All right. I was trying not to use any term that could get you in trouble. <laughs> But yes, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think TK just starts coding, coding one up. Okay, during this uh, during this meeting. Um, hold on, she's gonna roll again. It also dawns on me that we have maybe gotten caught up in a process level discussion. Sure. And <laughs> and while while we both agree that, that that something must be done about Evo, we have not discussed about what exactly it is that needs doing about. When you talk about the problems at Evo, you mean the people who have changed. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Can you tell us what you know about the people who have changed? That's what I know. That's about what we know. Okay. And that's a problem. So maybe the first thing that you can do... Vern sent you. Huh? Someone that goes by that name is familiar to us. <laughs> okay. Yes. I see a plan is coming together. I understand now. I will stop troubling Vern. I have a busy caseload anyways. I can't push through any further action. Everything that I've been doing up until this point, I've just been trying to dissuade him and trying to make a point. But, you know, I will be happy to just lay off if you think that what you can do is to actually find out who some of these people are and to do the best that you can to get a statement from them. Or, even better, convince them to come to me and give me a statement. The people who have changed or the people who... I think it will be quite a while before you have any contact with anyone at Evo who is doing right. whatever is resulting in this. So I think that it is likely that you will be able to find out from the PBA who some of the affected parties are. And once you have a sense of who those people are, we will likely be able to figure out who else has been afflicted. Yes. Because my guess, it's, it is never just the police. It is, ne it is never just one group of people. It is, it is likely a much larger problem. And this is, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the tip of the iceberg. I don't know what that is. Oh, they Icebergs used to be around the yeah. uh, frozen. Uh, God damn it! Just, just like balloons. Just uh, like Nash, balloons. I think he used to bring them to birthday parties <laughs> to oh, celebrate. Right. Yes, you had to blow them. Have out. you heard of have, yes. you, have you heard of the Brooklyn Archipelago? The the place that we are right now yes. with all of the all of this water used to be those. I see. Uh, we're just in the tip of them right now, aren't we? Uh, I get it. That's perfect analogy. Okay. <laughs> um, well. Thank you so much. Um, my my grandfather, and you seem to know a lot about unions. He I have was, done a fair amount of labor law, He was law, in yes. the uh, train catcher's union. Did you ever 
work for ah, them. From when the AI took over yeah. and they needed to formulate a union in yes. roughly 24 hours yeah. in order to represent the laborers to catch the trains. Yes, I Buckle yeah. up, we're in luck storyteller <laughs> mode about his grandfather. Uh, I don't need to tell you the story. I just want to say thank you. I feel like TK at this point, uh, knowing what's going to happen, uh, sends Vern uh, a message saying it's done CCing everybody, everybody else on his comp. Okay. Well, so what, um, yeah, how do you want this to work in game terms? Like, let me know, like as people who are sitting at the table, like think, what are you interested in doing? What's cool to you as a relationship with Odina? And then let's make it official in the game. I mean, it seems like she knows a lot of people and contacts. She'd be a very valuable contact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I think we get our information, convince her to trust us, and we did the second thing. So okay, no, we stayed. I think we just keep. We promise to keep her abreast of what's going on, as much as we can in the Verna part of it. Lux's opinion, I've just been stating, which is I yeah. care primarily about finding out what's going on with Evo and getting to the bottom of it. it. Sounds like she's could be a great resource and and working together with. So I genuinely was like, yeah, let's work together. But I guess we should all be sure we agree on that. Yeah, I think yeah. we do. Yeah. 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 So she explains. When you have things that you think I should know or you need information from me, let's communicate via the tree trunk. I'm not going to give you my comm number. If you would like to come back to the office, you may, but don't darken my doorstep. Don't cause any trouble when you're here. And if you can, please give notice when you're on your way. Sounds good to me. Viv uh, puts her hands together and says, understood. Uh, Tika's like, uh, uh, full disclosure, I still have to code up this tree trunk, but as soon as, uh, as soon as we get it, well, I have a prototype here, but as soon as we get it working. Lash, any last questions? Uh, how legally binding is a handshake when you bet all of your belongings in a foot race? In the state of New York, a verbal contract is legally binding for six years. Six years till I can get my dog back. No, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, perhaps, perhaps. How old was the dog when you lost him? Twelve years old. <laughs> perhaps I was unclear. It is not that the contract is in force for six years and then the terms reverse. It I is... got you loud and clear. You, I, you know, I'm sure we will have plenty of opportunity to discuss all of your various legal problems. Well, that would be great. Thank you very much. All right. Let's go get back on that iceberg. Yeah. Icebergs away. Let's go fuck this chicken. Um, you guys leave the office? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as you leave, you pick up all of your comm links. You uh, are sort of like vaguely sized up by the employees, by her volunteer employees as you leave. Um, they don't say anything to you, but a couple of them kind of look you up and down. You know, they all look pretty normal. So to you, um, to them, you are very glamorous. You have a kind of lifestyle and life experience that is um, very different from them. And for some of them, I think that you represent the kind of iconic image that led some of the people that they love into ruin and into an unfortunate situation. So I think that there is a large range of very, very palpable reactions to your presence in this place. Viv is uh, the last one to leave, and she holds the door open a little bit, um, just looks around the room just very quickly, uh, waves a hand a little bit, so some of the humidity in the air surges toward the doorway, <laughs> cooling it off maybe one degree. <laughs> That's nice. Pretty cool trick. Nice touch. Nice thing you did. That is nice. <laughs> you did a nice thing for them. Odina gives you a 
just a slight wave as you leave and says, we'll be in touch. We'll be in tree trunk. <laughs> See you on the big TT. Ahoy there, chummers. Uh, it's me, your favorite bad boy, Tito Telomo. And I am here to tell you that there is a whole galaxy of exciting entertainment beyond what you are even experiencing now. And it's all the secret private things we make available to those who support us on Patreon. It's a club. It's a family. It's a cruise ship full of people with like minds and sensibilities who have access to things like outtakes, insane, ridiculous outtakes that we cannot even publish in a normal episode. Uh, but also crazy stuff from the world, the deep dive into the rules, the character sheets, uh, conversations from uh, Mike and I about how we run the game, conversations with characters, a whole other show called Fun Chatting where we talk about the show. Great stuff like that. Uh, even like music stuff, high quality uh, audio files of the actual feed so you can hear the music as, as it is meant to be heard. All this and more, including our really rad Discord for you at patreon.com slash funcityventures. Patreon, get your head in the game. You guys are you guys are kind of in free play at the moment. Um, do whatever, what do you want to do? I mean, I think TK is going to, you know, work on the tree trunk. Cause, yeah. Uh, they go home to the Mrs. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. we got. I mean, I, we have stuff to do. I if think. you want to do a, if you want to do the first of several software tests yeah, um, yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. we can yeah. just say, um, let's say you have to write a piece of software that's essentially key base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like that's single, what it is. That's single what it user is. Yeah. key base. Yeah, I mean, I can spin this up in twenty minutes now. But I think if you want to use something that is legitimately homebrew, okay, you know, I would say that you're. Well, no we got to start a Trello board. <laughs> Yeah, you got to figure. I mean, you got to argue yeah, about which think, project management software uh, you're going to well, use. We, we got to have a roadmap, uh, and we got to have all, a map to map it on. So, can Asana. you open the folder? No. Okay, send me the thing again. <laughs> Could there be like a social aspect to the platform? Yeah, <laughs> like shares. Oh, actually, you know what? I know it hasn't even launched yet, but let's pivot it to video. Video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just roll software. Is it oh. just software? That makes sense. Right? But that's connected to. That's connected to an attribute. Logic, yeah. So I guess that's, I have eight. What feels to you, Bijan, like a fair number of cumulative hits over a number of tests for you to successfully build this? Um, I, so if it's just for us, like if it's, if it's just the four of us plus uh, Odin that needs access, I don't think it's super hard or too complicated. I mean, I guess the most, the hardest part, IRL or whatever, would be the like security aspect, probably. Do you want to say like, um, and you could say even that that, so, is, that is handled by its own role when you're transferring things, which is fun in game terms, because if you fuck up that encryption role, then like some shit isn't encrypted for some reason. Um, I would say, yeah, if you want to have it be consistently very encrypted, you could roll once a day and you could roll that dice pool once a day. Mm -hmm. And I would ask you to get to 10 hits. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Does I'll that do sound that. fair? Yeah, that sounds fair. Like you, you're like basically baking your own PGP algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I think it's. I think it's just eight dice. That sounds right. That is four hits. All right. Nice. Um, tell me what that's like on the. So you guys are on the skimmer. Yeah. Going back to the Mrs. Egg. Yeah. TK is just. Um. He's sitting on the. Um. On one of the benches. Uh, in a corner, he's sort of like looking out over the spray into the middle distance and just sort of like typing on nothing. And I think he's, you know, he's doing a lot of matrix searches to figure out what he needs. 
what kind of thing, the way he needs to build it and like the best way to do it. And he's like deep into message boards right now trying to figure out like, like, you know, people have done this before. Programming. Yeah. 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 He's like, he's <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. Reading forums. Yeah. He's just, he's like grabbing bits of code from here and there. Um, Cause he doesn't, he, I think he's also feeling uh, good about it because he doesn't get to do this stuff very often. So he's like, yeah, this is a, this is, this will be a fun project. But yeah, he's just, he's also just not talking to anybody, uh, and it's sort of you know he's got one tab open. Not not I guess like I don't I don't know how like I don't think tabs would be it'd be, it'd be like one like floating window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just Spheres. like a one's face. Yeah, just you know AR overlaid on top of it. Viv is sitting on the boat, uh, kind of cross-legged, like thinking about the agreements she's made today. She's basically <laughs> been neutered, <laughs> but she's trying to meditate on the way home. Lash is actually thinking about uh, because she knows time is ticking and tomorrow morning is coming closer. Uh, if the uh, the conversation they had with Gabe about Yuri, she had always had such a good feeling about Yuri, and now is feeling like, especially learning the knowledge that he killed a bunch of technomancers, feeling not so great about Yuri. How does that does Lash um, does that thought combine at all with Lash's f- feeling about seemingly liking Odina? You know, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not, but because maybe she hasn't gotten there yet. Sure. Uh, she's just, like, kind of taken aback about... The, she, she's not at the point of, like, she's judging herself of, like, maybe I jump in a little too quickly about <laughs> my feelings about people. She just, like, is... Uh, she's not at self-reflection yet. She's more at just, like, surprise and, like, huh, wow, okay, so what do I do now? Um, you guys pull up. Uh, it's, you know, about a 45-minute, hour-long journey. Um, you wheel in and out of the various islands of the Brooklyn Archipelago. And, um, you know, it's starting to get a little darker. Sun is starting to set. You're going around the bottom of Manhattan. Um, you're curling north on the west side. And, TK, you do get a response from Vern as you guys are making your way back to the Mrs. Egg. You can see the monuments in the distance, so you're in the home stretch, and the message says, I just received some great news. It looks like one of the injunctions that Odina has filed has been retracted. Congratulations. Thank you so very much. This is, this a... is fantastic. You're doing a great job. And this A++ is... would recommend. <laughs> Hi again. Never worked with Shadowrunners before. Here I am. It's going TK so great on the TK, first day. TK deletes the It's message. a voicemail. It's a, it's <laughs> a tw- just, you look at the time and it's 20 minutes long. TK just deletes the, he just he deletes got, the he message. He got it immediately after you sent it and called you and called you and then just has been talking to the voicemail the entire time. TK, oh this, is, huh, this is Vern. It's Wednesday at 8 p.m. <laughs> TK, TK immediately, immediately deletes the message and resolves to hack some of Vern's shit as soon as he sees him again. And just like, just like vaguely fuck up something in his life. <laughs> just like delete every third photo in his comlink photo library. The, uh, the recorder that you hacked into earlier, you get a notification from it and it's, it's actually picked up a re- big recording. It's about 20 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the skimmer um, pilots you to uh, a dock that is connected to the the parking lot where Henley the Bentley is 
um, is parked, um, that sort of like destitute, strange little zone with a bunch of empty shipping containers and some broken rotocraft and drones and some busted out old cars and Henley underneath its um, its non-reflective tactical tarp. Tactical tarp that you cover it in. Uh, oh, yeah. So you guys are you guys are back on um, back on home ground. Taylor, if there's if you want to, yeah, whenever you're ready, I think if you want to do it now. Yeah, I think. Uh, <clears throat> and let me know if you want me to read read it in. Sure. Let me ask a question first. Can you can someone describe for me the immediate environs around where Henley is parked? Are there other cars? Are there dumpsters? Describe the lot where you're picking up this car. I would let you guys do that. Yeah, if you you know generally what it looks like, if you want to add yeah, any detail I mean, to I it. I think I think I mean I think as as Mike just said, it's like you know there's some shipping containers, but it's like it's mostly a bunch of broken down cars and like crashed like you know, pieces of, like, just bits and pieces of technology. But, like, there's, I think it's, it's like, I think I see it more of as, like, a sort of a parking lot near a dock where it's, like, yeah. but there, it's been totally abandoned. So, like, there's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just people have just left their stuff there. There's so it's just, like, there's, like, one empty space, and it's just, like, that's where Henley parks. Yeah, and um, she's got a cover on her. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just, like, piles of metal and shit and yeah. uh, drones. Uh, from yeah. behind some dumpster mm-hmm. pile of stuff, uh, steps... A dwarf. Uh, he's in head-to-toe fatigues. He has a high and tight haircut, very, very small beard for a dwarf, neatly manicured. He's got, like, green and tan tactical pouches on his thighs, on his waist, and they are loaded with some mysterious and small but specific gear. He's got heavy combat boots and a big, stubby, but unlit cigar. Is jammed in between his molars on his left side. On his back are two sawed-off shotguns you immediately recognize, and at his hip is a sidearm revolver. It's kind of like almost as long as his legs. <laughs> Short and stout, but his hands are up, and he's showing you his palms. Is this the, the same dwarf that Yuri brought over? No. You've and never, dwarf. as far as I know, you've never seen this you've person. You've never seen this person. Cool. I, and he's walking over hands up? Palms out. He's not going for his guns or anything like that. And it's like um, we're just slightly past the golden hour at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a little, it's a little humid outside. It's kind of gross. He's stepping out from behind Henley? Not behind Henley, from like behind somewhere near Henley. Henley. Like behind a dumpster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, now. Hello. Yes. Hey there. What do you want? Well, I'd like to talk to you for a second now, if that's all right. Speak. Whoa, what is your name and why are you armed? Well, I'm not armed. Nothing in my hands at all, as you can see. You have three guns on you. Sure, as I'm sure y'all do too as well. I think it's safe to say that we're all in the same business. Just want to let you know I'm not here to start any trouble. That's good. As long as things go all right. Well, I'm here to notify you that your current employer has lost confidence in your ability to fulfill the contract and have initiated another contract with me and my associates. What's your contract? Our contract is you. Now, this can go one of many different ways. I think it's best for all of us. If you were to give up the biometric data you have on Vern now, let us know where he is, and any sort of deal you struck with him, the details of said deal, and we'll be on our way. Now, how's that sound? Who's we? Funny you should ask. (laughs) 
Does Lash ask this? Yes. Someone leaps on top of a... <laughs> there's a big rusted orange shipping container next to Henley. And you hear the very particular sound of someone landing on top of it. Seemingly, they have leapt from the ground to the top of the shipping container. Can it please be a superhero landing? It, it is not a three-point landing. It is, in fact, a two-point landing. <laughs> one, po- one point for each of her feet. Because in her hands, in each hand, is a samurai sword. Uh, and it is a, a, a human woman that is clearly what she is definitely going to call herself a street samurai. Oi, mate! <laughs> you want to get slick and snack, bruv? Yeah? You want me to run you? Oh, with me sticks, yeah? Oi, let me touch you with these metals. You want it? Yeah. <laughs> Viv is just disturbed and is massaging her temples. Oh, that's a bad sign. The woman begins pacing on the shipping container, sort of sweeping the container with her swords to make sparks. I think your friend talks backwards. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? She's not a. Uh, she's not from here. I'll give you that. So we don't have that data on us. Yes, you do. TK's gonna do a matrix perception check to see if there's any uh, other, like any other people around, like any deckers or anything. Roll it up. Because that shit has fucked us before. I send a message to Gabe real quick saying what's going on to alert him and the ship security. Um, he he sends a message um, and he lets you know. He's like, um, I don't think I'm going to come and get in the line of fire. But if you guys get in a tight spot, send me a message. I'll try to whip something up right now. Uh, the cannons don't work yet, but um, there's another little thing I've been working on. And if you need it, just let me know. For um, everything, for every point, for every hit that you get, Bijan, mm-hmm. um, I will tell you a device that is attached to a human, starting with the ones that are the closest to you. Cool. Uh, this is computable situation. No. <laughs> There's, uh, that's six hits. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did really well. All right, hold on. Um, let me count that many. The dwarf has the three guns on him. He has the two mm-hmm. sawed-off shotguns. And he's got one sidearm. Each of them has a smart link system in it. Mm-hmm. The woman with the swords has a standard loadout of just the kind of stuff that you would have. She's got a comm link. She's got AR goggles. Uh, she's got AR um, glasses. She doesn't have anything that is that much more complicated. You do see through the haze, kind of like blinking, like it's trying to run silent but it's having a hard time with maybe like the noise in the in the neighborhood. But you can see that there is a Erica MCD1 cyberdeck online mm-hmm. um, at the end of uh, an empty shipping container. Uh, so TK just says, show yourself at the direction of that deck. And from around the corner of that container comes a long, lean and lithe human woman. She's wearing a long black trench coat that looks like it might have cost 3,000 New Year. It does not look tactical. It is just that nice of a black trench coat. (laughs) She has wraparound, rectangular, blocky, sort of black mirrored shades and a perfect middle part cut at the bottom of her ears, a haircut that looks like it has been medically placed. A blunt bob? Is that what you're talking about? There's a sort of a scar down the right side of her face that has been filled in with some sort of metallic material that seems to bleed into what is an obvious cyber eye glowing from behind her sunglasses. In her hand is her deck. No one even looks back at her, and she doesn't look up from her deck, and she says, He's looking around. 
<laughs> is um, she a mean girl? <laughs> she looks at uh, Lash and says, huh, I didn't know they made pants with thigh holes that big. Um, she's, that she's was mean. mean that girl. was so mean. <laughs> she's a mean girl. Viv would like to ascend, so she starts closing her eyes to see if there's any magic users in the crew. Roll it up. Um, that is intuition plus my sensing, which is four plus four, eight. I feel like we're going to have to fuck up some people. I mean, yeah. they have guns. We should be careful. <laughs> yeah. uh, Viv got three hits. Roll your, Just roll your logic for me. I'm going to give you a chance to get out of this. Three hits as well. Wow. Really? All right. The woman who is on the shipping container is an adept. You can't really tell what her specialties are, but, you know, that much was probably obvious when she jumped nine feet in the air mm -hmm. and landed. Like a spider. Yeah, and, yeah. and just landed on her feet. You do also see, mm, describe to me where you're standing. Viv is still on the skimmer. I think everyone else probably stepped off. Yeah. You're all on the, the dock, and Viv is still the last one as usual. And who amongst you is closest to the dwarf? Maybe me. Okay. Um, is there, were there I mean, I would. I was. I think I was right behind you when we got off the skimmer. Yeah. I mean, maybe slightly. How are TK and Lash arranged in relationship to Lux? They're basically think, right. Yeah, I think we. Really yeah. All I think we were like a triangle together, talking together, and yeah. I'm behind them. Yeah. So I think because you have a wide view of the area, Viv, you can see that kind of further off to the right from TK, kind of kind of like creeping around, um, you do see a magical presence um, and it seems like it's trying to move further behind the team. Viv just opens her eyes and uh, waits to hear what else is happening. <laughs> um, so that answers, that is a long-winded way of answering the question, who is we? Got it. The dwarf uh, speaks again. So now I think this is on you. Hard way or the easy way. Keep in mind, I think we're being pretty nice considering that your decision to renege on the contract makes us all look bad. You're aware we have until tomorrow to fulfill the contract. As I said, your employer has lost their confidence in your intent to fulfill. Mm -hmm. How much is she paying you? Enough to do the job. I guess I feel like I send a message uh, uh, to our comms saying, guess I to our like I guess group chat saying, I guess get get ready, get your spells and shit ready. Like, <laughs> get, get your spells and shit like, ready. Lash, get ready to jam a gun, one gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it. You feel the first couple drops of tiny, tiny little raindrops. Are there doves in the background about to start flying? No, this is not a John John Woo. Yeah, John Woo. This is not. This is not. Yet a John Woo film. I mean, if it starts raining, bro, I don't. You're also you're also in and like an abandoned car park, so we're really like two thirds of the way there. Yeah, we're cl and it, again rain. So they're chatting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talking to each other. I need you to talk to me. We need to know how this is gonna shake out right now. Okay, TK's gonna try. It, yeah. TK's gonna try charisma. He's gonna be like, "All right, yeah, I don't have, I don't have it. We don't have the stuff. I'm not gonna give it to him." We gotta be careful. We we have we have a situation. We've over leveraged ourselves. We have a deal with Vern. Vern knows us. He knows what we're gonna do. Or he thinks he knows what we're gonna do. And Odina, our deal with her is premised on the fact that we have a deal with Vern. Which means we can't give these guys Vern's information. We can't help Moashna. Roll it. 
Yeah, his charisma is two, by the way. So this is gonna be. Viv fun. is not any better. She really has. Uh, if you if you'd like to assist with this, I would love that. But I I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have the highest of all of us. Yep. I got active. Mike, I got an active skill in perception. Can I use that to fight? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say the important part of the con too is not just like rolling the con. You have to like talk to him. Tell him. Oh what yeah, you want yeah. Him but to I, think. I, I, he's TK's trying not to do an elaborate lie because he does. Oh, he knows yeah. he's not good at it. Uh, but he's he's mustering everything he's ever learned from books. I love that you're making this effort. Look, TK, TK senses that there's something, like, things could go very badly. So, should I set you up? Should I be like, look, TK over here has the data. You need to talk to him. TK definitely doesn't have the data, is what you mean. No, oh, yes. no, no, but TK it's, over, fine, it's fine. I, I meant, I meant, sorry. <laughs> TK, TK over here is the data guy. You'd have to yeah, talk I to think, him. Yeah, I think TK's lie is going to be like, he's he's uploaded the data somewhere that uh, is like a one-time use server because he thought this kind of thing was going to happen. Which is a lie, but, oof. I got five hits, so you get five extra dice. All right. That makes this respectable. All right. Uh, yeah, so TK is, TK is going to say, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, we, we got the scan, uh, but I, I figured this might happen when uh, Mo- we decided to part ways with Moashina. So I, I put it in a, a little a, a safety deposit box that I, that I cooked up. If anybody tries to access it, who's not me? Uh, everything goes away. That's three hits. Oh. I got two hits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lux. He's never met you before. He hasn't doesn't have a book on you yet. No. Well, if you don't have it here, why don't you tell me where it is? Can't do that. I think you should. Are you going to pull out your gun if I don't? I might. My comrades might. I don't have it on me, so... I'm not exactly sure where I put it. I can find it. Me, I, Taylor, the player, is rolling my eyes. I know. So I, know. I was just like, I, I'm bad at this. You don't know where you. Does well, that so, bullshit fall under well, the, here's, the same here's, role? Here's what I was going to say. Here's what I was going to say. Here's what I was going to say. He doesn't know where he put it because he's he. Uh, Why? Who are you talking to? I'm thinking through this. Holy shit! This is difficult. I don't do this. You got a gun on you. Well, no, basically he's uh, TK's like okay, like he his his reasoning here is like he sent it through like a sort of a tour like thing. Bouncing between a bunch of different boxes that he has, and he can find the information, but it is like somewhere that is going to take a lot of time, which is again a lie. It's literally like in his like Dropbox. It's or like whatever. in the in the desktop folder. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's yeah. not labeled labeled Vern underscore scans he's, he's, underscore final. He's going to lie and hope that this guy doesn't know what Tor is, and, uh, and or whatever future Tor looks like. I'm about to start hacking this decker. If TK is saying this. In such a way that everyone who's around can hear it. Yeah. This is something that Sunshine. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. Is, yeah. is very, yep. very suspicious of. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my mm-hmm. next move. Mm-hmm. 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 <clears throat> so, I mean, look. The dwarf says, hey, Sunshine. Yeah. You ever heard of a Decker taking information that valuable, throwing it away and not knowing how to get it back? No. Yeah. Me either. God, I hate her so much. Mm-hmm. I love that you do these two different voices. There's a quiet moment. Rain's falling a little bit heavier. You can hear the pitter-patter on the metal. And then the dwarf says, Geek the mage. Oh, wonderful. You need to roll Will. Oh, why? That's what you do. Okay, my Will is sick. Oh, shit. One hit. <laughs> Fuck yes! All right, okay, now you got to tell me what to do. So, uh, did you roll your drain? No drain. No drain. 
I don't I don't know what Taylor did, so we're gonna we're gonna work our way through it. Um, you you got one hit. Yes. What did you roll, Taylor? I rolled five hits. <clears throat> On what? Stun bolt, which uh. is essentially a sleeping spell. Channel. Yes. It's a channeling of stun energy directly into a body, also called sleep spells. When he says Geek the Mage, there's a blur of movement and activity around the corner of a big pile of trash. A little piece of scrap is knocked loose. And a extremely like tall, high cheekboned, long pointed eared, blue skinned elf in a shimmering velvet robe turns the corner around this pile of trash, flicks his wrist, and this black iridescent dart of void matter flies through the air and hits Viv square in the back for four stun damage. Mm -hmm. In that moment, Viv is sort of uh, feeling blissful (laughs) because there's another magic user around. But, of course, it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it it knocks her forward onto the skimmer. Okay, easy, everybody. Oh, now you're saying stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We are now in initiative. Everybody, please roll. are now leaving Fun City. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, get access to ad-free episodes, our Discord, our bi-weekly, post-episode chat show, fun, chatty, and more. Head to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. And of course, thank you to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. If you like the show, you can also give us a rating on iTunes, tell your pals about it, or come say hi to any or all of us on Twitter. I'm Bijan Steven, and I am TK. Um, you can find me online at Bijan Steven on Twitter, which is B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, or on Instagram, um, and you should just Google that. I'm Jen De La Vega. I am Viv. You can find me online at Randwitches. That's the word sandwiches, but just replace the S with an R. This is Nick Garcio. I play Lux Scythe. You can find me on Twitter at N-G-U-E-R-S-H, um, and Instagram at N-G-U-E-R-C-I-O. G-U-E-R-C-I-O. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Shodell, S-H-O-D-E-L-L. This is Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad boys. I'm at Taylor.biz. My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter at Fun City Ventures. Fun City was recorded at Fortunate Horse in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Pixel Riffs is our backward-talking English hype beast. All of the show's music is by Sam Tyndall. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>